If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! Well, hello there, my fellow Yankee fans, and welcome to episode 81 of the Yapping Yankees podcast, where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but those Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on this Sunday, January 31st, 2021. Now let's get started by, as always, giving our shout-outs to Grunt Talks MLB, Reckless Airwaves Radio, and Ball 9. Ball 9 brings you some of the best baseball content out there. Baseball stories old and new, articles, roundtable discussions, suggested baseball podcasts like Yapping Yankees, and more. Visit Ball 9's website, ball9.com, and follow them on all social medias at Ball 9, and know what you don't know. Next, we have Reckless Airwaves Radio. Get your latest uncensored, unlimited dish on everything sports. Interviews, featured podcasts, including Yapping Yankees, and much more. Anything goes on Reckless Airwaves Radio. Give them a follow across all social medias at Reckless Airwave, and check out their website, recklessairwaves.com. And our final shout-out goes to Grunt Talks MLB. Visit their website, grunttalksmlb.com, to see all of their baseball content and where they feature Yapping Yankees. Also, follow the mastermind behind the website. His name is Darren, and you can find him on Twitter, at YankeeReport28, and follow them across all social medias at GruntTalksMLB. Special thanks to all of our friends at Grunt Talks MLB, Reckless Airwaves, and Ball 9 for always helping to spread the word about Yapping Yankees. And also, don't forget, guys, that you can help spread the word about Yapping Yankees and stay updated on everything with both me and the Yankees. You know how? By following me on all social medias. Follow my Facebook fan page at Mike Scudero NY. Follow me on Twitter at Mike Scudero and on Instagram at Mike Scuds97. And remember to subscribe and always listen to Yapping Yankees on all four platforms it's available on. That's YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. The last day of January already, usually feels like January 87th by now, but this year it went pretty quickly. Spring training is in just a couple of weeks, and we're up to episode 81. My god. (laughs) I hope you all had a good week and are ready to listen to me yap about those Yanks yet again. (laughs) Last week's episode, although long, was tons of fun, and I hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to go back and listen to it if you haven't already played a bunch of catch-up, talked about DJ coming back, Kluber signing, the tie-on trade, which literally happened while I was doing the poll segment. (laughs) I gave a Tanaka update, which there's actually more to add on to this week, as there's official news about his ultimate decision. Sure, you've already heard by now, as basically everyone has, which we'll talk about later, but I spoke about a bunch. Had a lot to catch up on after the two-week vacation, so if you haven't heard that one, that's last week. It was episode 80. Be sure to go back and listen to it if you missed it. As far as this past week, it was quite a week. 
and the episode today definitely won't be anywhere near the length that last week's hour and a half show was since there was tons to discuss again last week after the two-week vacation. But I've still got some great discussion ahead, because when don't I? Let's be honest. But this past week, again, interesting stuff. If you're talking about things around baseball in general outside of the Yankees, we definitely had our share of ridiculous things happening between the Hall of Fame and nobody being voted in this year, which not only so rarely happens, but also only shows more evidence as to how much of a joke some of the writers are who have the privilege to vote. And that's what it is, a privilege. And then you have over a dozen dopes handing in an empty ballot. (laughs) (laughs) These morons have an ability to do something that many others would kill for. Hall of Fame voting privileges. And a bunch of them go ahead and hand in an empty ballot. Idiots. Lots of people say the Hall of Fame voting system is broken, and it's honestly hard to disagree with that. I guess the positive is that since there was no Hall of Fame ceremony for last year's class, which is the class that Derek Jeter got voted in for, since that ceremony never happened this past season because of the virus, obviously, then that'll be the ceremony for this coming season. So at least there's still going to be a ceremony, it's just going to be with the prior class. And at least Derek Jeter will be headlining it, that's awesome. But as far as this class, this year... Many of the writers, again, show how many of them do not deserve their voting privileges. Bunch of clowns. So you got that, and then you got more decisions coming down about changes to the game for the upcoming season. The changes like seven-inning doubleheaders and the runner on second and extra innings are coming back, which I have my own issues with. I've discussed all of this at length already in the past. I'm just not a fan of cutting innings off games. To me, that's like taking a quarter away from a football game, even though I know it's not quite the same because you're having two games in a day, but you get what I'm saying. I'm just not a fan of actually shortening games, like taking a portion of it away. And I guess of all the extreme rules that are out there, I guess the runner on second I can live with for the most part, the runner on second and extra innings, but I really just don't like putting an unearned runner just out there, you know? I just don't. It's dumb. But there were also the other two rules that were experimented with in the shortened 2020 season that were decided on as well this past week. Those two being the Universal DH and the Expanded Playoffs. Now, the Expanded Playoffs were rejected by the Union, which I'm glad about. Because particularly in a season where there were only 60 games in 2020, although I wasn't the biggest fan of it, I understood more in a season like last year why having more teams go to the playoffs may have made more sense. You have significantly less games in a season, so you give more teams a chance to qualify for a postseason spot. But when the normal 162-game schedule returns, i.e. this season so far, more teams going to the playoffs and adding another round to it as a result It just takes away from having that big of a schedule. It does. If that many teams are going to the playoffs, what the hell's the point of playing 162 games? It just takes away from it. Let alone that half the league really just doesn't have to go to the playoffs. Yes, more opportunity for the lesser teams and smaller markets and for them to make money as bonuses for advancing. Yes, I know. I know that whole spiel, okay? But what are the chances they get far anyway if they barely finish with a 500 record? Anything's possible in the playoffs, I know, but come on. A barely 500 team in a 162-game season going on a championship run? Let's be real. But again, most importantly, over half the league going to the playoffs really takes away from the purpose of playing 162 games. But the other change, the universal DH, was also rejected. Now, I know, I know there are lots of traditionalists who want to see the pitcher hitting sticking around. But truthfully, if you are to enforce any of these changes at this point in time, 
both for the sake of growing interest in the game, since having a DH gives more of an opportunity for something exciting in a game to happen, as opposed to a pitcher who has no idea how to hit a ball coming to the plate and being an automatic out, which the vast majority of pitchers are, especially in a big situation, and for the sake of the game just evolving in general since literally everywhere else has a DH everywhere, the universal DH would make the most sense, especially on behalf of the union, you'd think but they rejected it. Now, unless this was a package deal, meaning you either get both of these changes or neither, this rejection of the Universal DH on behalf of the Union does not make any sense, both for the reasons I said earlier and allowing the National League to always have a DH creates jobs for players who don't play a position, which is what I would think the Union would be in favor for. Teams giving players more opportunities to play, to have a job. So that doesn't make sense to me, again, unless it was a package deal, in which case I guess I understand. Because I get not wanting the expanded playoffs. I totally get that. So if that was really what the union was against, I understand them biting the bullet and rejecting the whole thing, even if it meant no universal DH, just to not have expanded playoffs. But in any event, as I said, just more craziness with the league. And a lot of these rules could be different because don't forget, after this season is over, they're going to be negotiating a new collective bargaining agreement in the offseason. The Players Association and the league, that is. So you could see some of the things rejected here returning come next year, or you could see some of the things continuing rejected. Or you could see them all rejected or all return. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But for now, for this coming season, that's the deal. Lots of craziness with the league, as per usual these days, but I just thought that'd be important to mention as it's obviously relevant to what we'll be seeing or not seeing in this upcoming season. So that's that. As far as the Yankees, though, a few more pieces of news came out since we spoke last week, and we'll get into all of it today in Yankees news later on. We'll discuss a trade that surprised many people, including myself, that happened on Monday, the first time in quite a while that a trade between the Yanks and this particular team took place. Definitely very interesting. There was also official news on Tanaka's plans, as I had mentioned earlier, and it looks like I was right about where he was likely headed. He made a decision this past week, and we'll discuss that. And the Yankees added a bullpen arm, one that I happen to really be a big fan of, and I'm looking forward to talking about him later. I really, really loved this signing. And lastly, we'll just briefly touch on the Zoom press conferences that happened a few days ago with the rejoining DJ LeMahieu and the newly acquired Corey Kluber and Jameson Tyon. Basically just the main takeaways from those interviews. But first, like every week, we've got our Twitter and Instagram poll. So let's begin with that. Without further ado, starting on Twitter, this week's poll question is... How do you feel about the current Yankees team heading into spring training? And of course, give your thoughts below for a chance at a shout out on the show. So I ask this because there seems to be a limited amount of moves left that the Yankees could make going forward. It's the last day of January. February is just around the corner starting tomorrow and spring training is mere weeks away. And at this time, after Cashman has checked a lot of things off on the list that we considered needed to be done this offseason, re-signing DJ, addressing the starting rotation, 
Rotation, he got Kluber and Tyon. Regardless of the risk attached to them, which we already discussed at length last week, the point is, he got them. He got a bullpen arm this past week that we'll talk about later, and with the limited amount of payroll room left, he still may not quite be done as the offseason winds to a close here. So, at this point in time, and again with spring training being mere weeks away, at this point in time, how are you feeling about this team? And hundreds of votes came in by all of you. There were three choices to this poll. Number one being, let's get number 28, which is just you feeling very optimistic about it. You really like this team. The second choice is, eh, you feel okay about it. You feel like they could do a little bit more, but you're still pretty confident. You're just in the middle. And then the third and final choice is that you feel badly about it, that they really need to do more and you're not satisfied with the things that they've done this offseason. Now, me personally, I happen to be really optimistic. I do acknowledge the risk that comes with some of the moves that Cashman made, particularly with Corey Kluber and Jameson Tyon, of course. Nobody's denying that. I spoke at length again about both of them last week, especially Tyon when the trade broke while I was recording the show, which was, again, really awesome. But I did talk about them both and the risk attached to them. I am not ignoring that. I'm not in denial about it. And I understand that this team, in certain aspects, especially with guys like Kluber and Tyon, comes with a lot of ifs or what-ifs in general. But for all of the reasons I already explained last week, I already told you the reasons I have to be optimistic about both of those guys. Between that, bringing DJ back, and even the bullpen signing they made this past week, while I think the Yankees could maybe have one or two more moves left in them, I like what they've done so far this offseason, and it has me feeling optimistic about the team. It really does. Even in certain areas where some are not feeling all that optimistic, like Kluber and Tyon, I understand why some people are not confident in them, or their chances to stay healthy, as well as the rest of the Yankees, because don't forget, the Yankees overall the last few years, most of them, the vast majority of them, have also had trouble staying healthy. So believe me, I understand, and to a certain degree, certainly agree with those people's concerns. I totally agree with the fact that the main concern this season, and I've said it for months now, the main concern every season at this point has to be health. Everyone needs to stay healthy if they want to get anywhere. And that is no different with the 2021 team. This team's number one priority, number one priority, has to be health. With Kluber and Tyon and everyone else. If this team is healthy this year, and Kluber and Tyon have great bounce-back seasons, we know both of them aren't going to pitch the amount of innings in a season that they have in the past, especially Corey Kluber, who has been a multi-time 200-inning pitcher. We know we're not going to see that. But to the best of their ability, if they have a nice bounce-back season and everybody stays healthy, or almost everybody, and even if people get hurt, as long as they don't miss significant time, this Yankee team is going to be a lot of fun to watch, and they're going to be fantastic, like we all know they could be. But if the injury bug catastrophically strikes again and Kluber and Tyon go down, especially when Seve is yet to return, we know he's not going to be a factor until the second half, then the starting rotation is certainly going to be exposed. If lots of people on offense get injured, then of course many of the big names in the lineup will not be around to do damage, and that's going to significantly hurt the team. Same thing, of course, applies to the bullpen. So what I'm trying to say is that since health is obviously the number one concern, I've felt this way forever and it has not changed, if this team finds a way to stay completely healthy or almost completely healthy this year, the Yankees are going to be damn near unstoppable. If they do not stay healthy, this team's going to have a problem. A 
big one, especially in a season where this team really has got to win at least the AL pennant. With the Rays somewhat dismantling, losing Snell, losing Morton, hopefully that makes it at least a little easier to have a clearer path towards the top of the American League East. The Blue Jays may be there too with their murderous lineup, but in my opinion, at full health and especially firing on all cylinders, the Yankees are the best team in the East. And elsewhere, with the Astros losing Springer, they're not going to have Verlander. They obviously, including for last season, do not have Garrett Cole anymore. So the Astros, although they made it to the ALCS again in 2020, still are not quite what they were before, you have to say that. And honestly, in the American League, the main team that I would have to say that really scares me, that could give the Yankees a run for their money, is probably the White Sox. That's really the team that jumps out at me. The White Sox certainly have aspects of their team that scare me. But other than that, guys... This Yankee team really should have a clear-cut path, especially to the top of the AL East, but also, they should be able to win the pennant, and even go on to win the World Series. And if they stay healthy, there is no reason that they shouldn't. And again, I know for certain players in particularly also, that those ifs are big for a lot of people. But I'm optimistic, both about their path throughout the American League East, for their path throughout the American League as a whole, and then throughout the playoffs, I can't speak for the World Series, which their opponent would probably be the Dodgers. I really expect them to be there again. The Padres are an exciting team, and the National League has some other interesting teams, the Braves. Even the Mets could maybe put together a nice season for themselves. I think that's possible, but they'd probably meet the Dodgers there, and what happens at that point, I can't speak for, because the Dodgers are just ridiculously good. But they could beat them. It's not impossible, but you get what I'm saying. I really do like the moves the Yankees have made this offseason. I am optimistic about them. I've explained why. And if they stay healthy, even mostly healthy, and nobody significant on the team misses a great deal of time, we have a potentially very, very fun and great season ahead of us. Number one concern is health. If I voted on this poll, I would say let's get number 28. But also, in the back of my mind, they've got to stay healthy. That's the concern. As far as other moves they can make, maybe they could add maybe one more arm to the bullpen for a very cheap price. I know they probably want to sign Gardner back, as I also mentioned at the end of last week's show, as possible things they could still be looking to address. But as I've said countless times throughout the offseason, that contract would have to be extremely team-friendly. I'm talking like a one-year, two- or three-million dollar contract, and he wouldn't be the everyday outfielder anymore. When he does play, he would bring about that much-needed left-handed bat that the Yankees are looking for because we know how right-handed heavy the Yankee lineup is, but he really cannot make much more than three, maybe like three and a half million, and he can't be the everyday outfielder anymore. He cannot be the regular starter. So if anything, both for very cheap, those are probably the last two moves I see the Yankees making, if that. I definitely see them really trying to bring back Gardner, though. We know that they've re-engaged talks with him, but it's just a matter of time and supposedly money, as to be expected. But other than that, Brian Cashman has done a good job checking things off the checklist, bringing DJ back, and for a great contract at that, as I said last week. Although there is risk attached to them, but with great upside, bringing Corey Kluber and Jameson Tyon over to help out the starting rotation, their bullpen signing from this past week that we will definitely be talking about later. I've liked it so far. I really have. So I am very confident with the looming concern in the back of my mind, as it always is, being health. All right, let's hear the voting results, and then we will get down to your replies and hear what you guys had to say about this. The first choice, again, being let's get 28, you're very confident. Second choice is eh, you're in the middle on it. And the third choice being bad, 
and that they need to do more. You're just feeling very badly about it. And of the hundreds of you who voted, of those three choices, 63% of you voted, let's get number 28. So the majority of you, sharing in my optimism, 31% of you voted for the eh choice, the second one, and only 6% said that they feel badly about this team. All right, let's get down to those replies. Up first, we've got at Laker 477, and they say, heading into spring training, I'm feeling really good about this Yankees team. Provided everyone stays healthy, which unfortunately has become a yearly concern, the Yankees will be heading up the Canyon of Heroes once again. Let's get number 28. Hell yeah. <laughs> I love that reply. And yes, basically echoing exactly what I said, just health being the main concern, which has become the theme of every single year, even with everybody else outside of Kluber and Tyon. And that's why some people are feeling uncomfortable with Kluber and Tyon, because not only do they have their own risk attached to them, but this is coming to a Yankee team that already struggles with injuries in general. And again, to a certain degree, I certainly understand that, and I agree with it. But I have my feelings of optimism on this. I really do. I'm really confident in Kluber and Tyon. They just better not make me look like an imbecile. <laughs> All right, up next is at Andrew Caruso 77. And Andrew says, We've brought in the pitching that we've needed for a long time. We got a solid pen arm, and the lineup is fire as always. I think we need a lefty bat to balance out all the righties. Yeah, that's exactly what I mentioned before, although I mentioned that the lefty bat, at least some of the time, since I don't think that he should be a regular starter anymore, could be Gardner for the Yankees. Now, that's not to the liking of many people, and I definitely agree with that. I would have liked for the Yankees to get a much more solid and reliable left-handed bat that would be playing much more frequently than I ideally would imagine Gardner playing. But lefties or no lefties, this Yankee lineup is fire. It's just straight-up murder, as you say, so long as everyone is healthy. So if they don't get a lefty bat, it's not the end of the world, but I understand the want by you and many others to want to see a left-handed bat balance out that order. I get it. But I'm also in the minority that says, while I agree with that, I also don't think it would be the end of the world if they don't get that left-handed bat. But I definitely understand wanting that lefty. I'd love to have them too. Up next is at MD Nelly, and they say, Good enough to make the playoffs, not enough for a World Series. Need one more bullpen arm and a lefty bat. I would like to move on from Guardy, but won't lose my mind if he's back unless he gets more than 350 at bats. Yes, as I stressed earlier and as I've stressed in weeks past too, the Gardner contract, it really has to be team friendly. Really does. I'm talking one year, again, like two or three million. Really cheap, no longer the everyday starting outfielder, whether it be out in center or left, and that's got to be the condition for that. But I definitely see the Yankees trying to get him back. As far as the one more bullpen arm, yeah, I mentioned that as a possibility earlier, and they could still look into that for a cheap option. I know some people are throwing around the name of Trevor Rosenthal. I happen to be a big fan of the guy myself, but they don't really seem to be looking for the same goal as far as money's concerned, so I'm not sure Trevor Rosenthal is a realistic option for the Yankees. I would love for him to be, and I would love for the Yankees to break the bank. I think all of us would, but it just doesn't seem like they're looking for the same thing right now. Trevor Rosenthal wants more money than I think the Yankees would be willing to put out to him, but I would love to have Trevor Rosenthal out in that bullpen. That'd be awesome. They could also look at somebody like Alex Colomay, former Yankee Shane Green is out there. 
Or you could even look to trade with somebody if you're still looking to clear off that 40-man roster, which the Yankees, to the best of my knowledge, are. And as a potential option there, I've seen some people throwing around the idea of getting the Pirates back on the horn and maybe trying to talk to them about what it would cost in return for the Yankees to look into getting Richard Rodriguez out in their bullpen. So that could be a possibility. But those are just some potential options that I figured I'd throw out there for another bullpen arm if they were to get somebody. But regardless of what moves they may have left in them, if any, they would have to, again, be cheap because I think it's very evident that at this point, the Yankees are really still just looking to stay under that luxury tax threshold, which I've said that they're going to look to do throughout the entire offseason. So, I don't know. We'll see. Those are some potential options remaining if they have intentions on pursuing any of them. Up next is Rebecca at Peace Now for Life, and Rebecca says, To be honest, this team worries me. We have a lot of questions. Will Kluber and Tyon stay healthy? Will Sevy come back and be successful? Are we too righty-heavy in the lineup? But I do have faith that they know what they're doing, and the Yankees will win number 28. Yeah, honestly, Rebecca, those are all fair concerns. As I mentioned before, I know a lot of people are very concerned about the right-handed heavy lineup. They'd like to see a lefty added. I know a lot of people are concerned with the risk attached to Kluber and Tyon. And when it comes to Seve, I myself have raised that question many times, that even when he does come back, who's to guarantee that Seve will be the same? All valid concerns. Nobody's denying that. I mean, somebody in the listener audience might be denying that, but I'm not. (laughs) But I hear those concerns. I really do. But at the same time, I'm also glad that your resilient optimism is reigning supreme, that you still think that they could win number 28. I love it. But again, all reasonable concerns. At Evan D. Wetzel 4 is next, and Evan says, Health issues are the only concern, but it's a big concern with over 10 players. That's not great. And we need more left-handed bats. Yeah. Everybody seems to have similar sentiment on this one. Health is the concern, and left-handed bats. I mentioned that as a possible concern, with health being the main concern for me, but yeah, definitely a lot of people seem to want these left-handed bats, for sure. Or a left-handed bat. At Laura underscore Eismont is up next, and Laura says, The only concern I have with this team is health. We have a lot of members recovering from various injuries, and I hope they can stay healthy for the majority of the season. Other than that, let's get number 28. As I've said to basically all the other replies, Laura, amen. That's the main concern. Health. Injuries. Gotta stay healthy. Do not put us through another injury-ridden season, please. For the sake of my sanity. (laughs) I can't take another injury-ridden season. Next is at 1325 Bent, and they say, Over 162 games, the offense should carry them, but lack of starting pitchers will kill them in October. Well, yeah, that kills a lot of teams in October that don't have the proper pitching. As of right now, though, so long as they stay healthy, there really won't be a lack of starting pitching, though. Again, regardless of how big of an if it is for some people, if that rotation stays healthy, in the playoffs, you should have Cole, Kluber, Tyon, and Seve. That's a damn good four, if you ask me. So as of right now, there really isn't a lack of pitching at this moment, but if injuries happen, of course, then yeah, there will be a lack of pitching. That's why. That's why health's got to be the main concern. Up next, we have at Medic968, and they say, I feel good about this team and the talent. There's a lot of risk to go around, but I'm not going to get into what-ifs consistently. If it becomes another bleep show season, (laughs) I'm not going to say that word, no cursing on yapping Yankees, so I'll just say, if it becomes another disastrous season with injuries, how's that? Is that better? (laughs) All right, so that sentence will be, if it becomes another disastrous season with injuries, I'll be pissed. 
but let's be excited about the talent now. Absolutely. I completely agree with that, and that's where my mindset is too. Right now, I'm not only optimistic about the future, but right now, I am just excited for the talent that's on this team and all the upside that comes with it. And as of right now, I'm just excited about that. I totally agree with you. But sometimes, God forbid, some of us show some optimism around these parts. But yeah, I totally agree with that. All right, up next is at Joe Rossi 99. I have cousins with the last name of Rossi. (laughs) That's funny. All right, so Joe Rossi 99 says, I think if things are good, we are serious contenders for number 28. If things break wrong, we will be a playoff team and nothing more. All right, so regardless, you think the Yankees will make the playoffs. All right. I mean, I, like you, would not be satisfied with just that. The Yankees need to, as I said before, at least win a pennant this year. And especially if they stay healthy for all or most of the season, which, as I've said many times, and basically everybody else in the replies have said, has to be the main concern, health, then they've got to do it. They've just got to win at least the pennant. They just have to. They have a clear path to it. But yeah, I agree with you. And I think by things, you mean health? Because you say that you think if things go good then they're serious contenders, but if things go bad, I take that as if they stay healthy, then things will be good, and if they don't, then things will go badly, which, as I've said, I 100% agree with. All right, pressing forward. At Black Rebirth 52 my good friend James Celestin. James says, If healthy, this team should get to the World Series. If not, it's going to be a long season, so it's really going to be a crapshoot. Just have to hope that we stay healthy and everyone performs like the way they should. Yep. That's basically what it comes down to. Everybody's got to perform up to par, and everybody's got to be out there on the field to do so. That's what it's going to come down to mainly, as we've echoed many times already. Health. If this team collapses with injuries again, it's not going to be a fun time. If it doesn't, and everybody stays healthy, even if just for the most part, it's going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to see this team go places. That's what it's all contingent upon. All right, up next is my good friend Tina at MountainGal456, and Tina says, Everyone staying healthy is always a concern, but every team goes through that same thing. Let's get number 28. Yeah, totally. Even though the Yankees have had such absurd injury issues for the last few years now, no doubt that there's no guarantee that anybody throughout baseball, regardless of which team that they're on, will stay healthy throughout the whole year. Injuries are constant, especially today. And injuries are a concern of everybody. No doubt about it, Tina. Totally agree. But yeah, as you say, that's the main concern for the Yankees. And as everybody else has said too. All right, let's just do a couple more and then we'll move on to Instagram. Up next is Bobby at Wiffleball Magic. And Bobby says, let's get number 28. Health is always the concern, but we have the pieces. Play ball. Oh, I can't wait to hear those two words. Play ball again. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I just need baseball right now. I'm suffering over here. I, I really am. I really need baseball to come back. But absolutely, if the Yankees stay healthy, they definitely have the pieces. That's what we have well established. No doubt about it. They have the pieces. Stay healthy. I'm going to keep beating that to death because that is the main thing. At SirGerm88 says, can they stay healthy for the 162 games? If they do that, then they're good. Yeah, that's what we've all been saying. All right, one more here on Twitter. Up next, we have at 2170 Whitehaven, and they say, Everything depends on health, but would love to see Stanton and Judge play together healthy and Frazier breaking out as a star. I also hope Sevi, Tyon, and Herman gel behind Cole. Absolutely. Judge and Stanton are such key components to this team. You especially saw Stanton do what he did in the playoffs in 2020, and we obviously know what Aaron Judge is capable of. Just gotta stay on the damn field. (laughs) 
And yeah, with Clint Frazier, I think 2020 was just the start of the potential that we can see in him. The turnaround, the unbelievable transformation of Clint Frazier that we witnessed last season. I definitely hope that that continues into 2021, and he really shows what he's got and is a big factor in that lineup. And with the starting rotation, yeah... A lot is riding on health in that starting rotation between Tyon, Kluber, Sevi. You gotta hope that they stay healthy, but I'm optimistic about all of them. I really am. Particularly Kluber and Tyon, who both gave even more signs of encouragement in their Zoom conferences this past week. They just look ready to go. Of course, with Sevi, you have to hope for the best. He's really not going to be a factor until the second half, as we know. And Herman is a big question mark. Hasn't been on the mound in a long time has been through a great deal in his personal life, as we know, thanks to his stupid actions. We'll just leave it at that, and we'll see what kind of role he has. But yeah, it's definitely, definitely going to be a very interesting season this year. I can't wait. Okay, that is it for today with the Twitter replies. Thank you to each and every one of you, as always. Thank you so, so, so much for voting and replying and just interacting with the poll on Twitter. You know I appreciate the hell out of you. Plenty of replies, as always, that I unfortunately did not make my way around to getting to. But just keep on replying every week, guys. I'm going to get to you some weeks. Some weeks I won't. It just depends. But you know what to do if you want to see the replies for yourself, those that I did read and or did not read. Just head on over to my Twitter page, at Mike Scudero. Scroll down on my timeline and just look for the tweet with the poll in it. And you could obviously take a peek down in the comments and see what everyone had to say for yourself. But otherwise, thank you all so, so much again on Twitter for the voting, the replying, the whole deal. Fantastic replies as always. And I am really looking forward to hearing how you guys voted and replied on Instagram, so let's head on over there. Obviously, the same poll question applies. How do you feel about the current Yankees team heading into spring training? And of course, as we know, since Instagram voting for whenever you do a poll in your Instagram story, like I do for the poll here on the podcast, it only gives you two choices to choose from. And of course, over on Twitter, I had three choices. So one of these choices I had to combine the two choices together. So the first choice here on Instagram was let's get number 28, where you're very optimistic. And then the other choice, I combined the two choices from Twitter that were eh, or that you feel badly and that they need to do more. So the first choice, you're optimistic, let's get number 28, let's win the World Series, and the second choice being eh, or that you feel badly. And when you combine those last two choices of eh or badly, it's nearly the same results as on Twitter, which is very interesting. Of all of you who voted here on Instagram, 67% of you say let's get number 28, and 33% voted for the combined second choice of eh, or they're really not happy. So if you combine the last two choices on Twitter too, these results on both social medias percentage-wise are pretty damn close. Alright, I got plenty of replies here on Instagram as well. Let's read out a few. First up, we have mzim96, and they say, It should definitely be easier with Snell out of Tampa, but the rotation has a lot of risk-slash-reward behind Cole. They still can win, but I'd be more confident if Cashman adds another left-handed bat. Gardner returns, maybe? Yeah, I think that's very likely to happen, as I said before, and I hope it's for a reasonable price, a very team-friendly price. One year, two or three, maybe three and a half million, something like that. And again, he also wouldn't be the everyday starting outfielder anymore, whether it be in center, if they need him to cover for Hicks maybe, or out in left. 
Of course, he could become a starter again in the event that this team just gets overwhelmed with injuries. But other than that possibility, with this team being at full health, if he is to return, he obviously is not going to be the everyday outfielder anymore. But when he does play, he will be that left-handed bat, or at least a left-handed bat for people who wouldn't be too thrilled about it. But yes, I definitely think that especially if it is to be a team-friendly contract, very financially friendly, then Gardner is most likely going to return. Otherwise, like some others have said, as upsetting as it would be to not see him get his final season in pinstripes, at least for now, you might have to move on from him. But yeah, Gardner could very well return. I also really like your mention about Tampa because I have mentioned how their somewhat dismantling could of course work in the Yankees' favor between them losing Snell and Charlie Morton, even an arm like Jose Alvarado out in their bullpen. So that definitely could help, I agree. But the Blue Jays with that murderous lineup of theirs could definitely be a pest as well. Again, starting rotation is definitely nothing to shake a stick at outside of Hunjin Ryu, and also they did reinforce their bullpen, which is alright. They did reinforce their bullpen with the addition of Kirby Yates, former Yankee, but it's really that lineup of theirs that's just absolute death, and they could very well give the Yankees problems with that lineup, especially if they play the Yankees as hard at their home stadium as they did in Buffalo in 2020, then that could turn out to be another house of horrors for the Yankees. But yeah, as far as Tampa, that could help somewhat. And yeah, with the rotation outside of Cole, we've spoken all about it, the risk and reward. And I'm optimistic that we really hit that reward aspect. All right, up next is my good friend Tyler, the Tyler Brandt. And Tyler says, I think this Yankee team headed into 2021 is the biggest favorite they've ever been, at least in this run of years. I think they're significantly better than every other team in the American League this season. Teams will compete for sure, but every other team in the American League doesn't have the firepower and the pitching potential this Yankee team has. If they don't at the very least make the World Series in October, I would think it's a failed season. <laughs> I mean, I echoed basically the same thing before, Tyler. I mentioned how maybe a team like the Blue Jays could be a pest, or how I definitely acknowledge that the White Sox are definitely a good team too, but especially if health is not as big of a concern or... It would be nice to not have it as a concern at all this year, which I doubt will be the case, but even if it's mostly not as much of a concern as in prior years and the Yankees stay mostly healthy throughout most of the season, as much of it as possible, then yeah, I totally agree. I basically said all the same things earlier. I could not agree with you more. This league is for the Yankees taking, and in this run of years, since 2017 I assume you mean, then yeah, it's certainly up there. I mean, the 2017 team really wasn't even supposed to make the playoffs. They were a beautiful surprise that I still cannot stand to this day, did not make the World Series, if not for you-know-what. I definitely think the 2018 team underachieved with how quick of an exit they made out of the playoffs. 2019 was just a really tough pill to swallow yet again, and to say the least, last year was also not a fun exit. But I would agree with the thought that this Yankee team heading into 2021 is one of the better teams, or maybe even the best team throughout this run. I think that's fair to say. There's a lot of risk attached, but there's also a lot of upside, as we've spoken about. This certainly has the potential, the extreme potential, to be the best team in this run. There's no doubt about that. We just got to see the results, but I love this reply, Tyler. I love it. Next, we have Vamos Yankees, and they say the pitching is still a bit suspect. We need reinforcements. Well, yeah, it's a risk. It's going to depend on whether they can stay healthy or not. As I said, that's the main overall concern. At Shiba Husky Lover says, eh, need more. Relying on too many important staff members with health concerns. No addition to the lineup that's mostly boomer bust aside from DJ. Yeah, you are relying a lot on health. That's what we've been saying. That's obvious. It's been the case with the Yankees for the last few years now. They've got to stay healthy. They just got to do it already. 
If they do, then the lineup's no concern. It's murder. It's murder. They just need to stay healthy. Same thing with the rotation. I'm tired of the damn injuries. I'm just tired of them. Sayes2914 says pitching is yikes. Well, not if they stay healthy, they're not. <laughs> but if they don't stay healthy, yeah, they're gonna get exposed. My lovely girlfriend Vic Salimo says, let's get number 28. All right, got some optimism. I'd say it's like a mix of both here on Instagram, both mapping out very reasonable concerns, which is totally valid, and also a lot of optimism. All right, as always, let's end off with my mom, Julia Gina Scudero. And my mom says, ever since 2009, I have been thirsty for another championship. Why not this year too? We've had great lineups. Sadly, I believe management and training coaches have ruined our chances. They've got to help keep our boys healthy. But even they might learn to eventually stop making stupid decisions. Come on, let's go Yankees. Full season, fans in stadium, let's do it. Well, amen to that last part. Full season and fans in stadium with the proper guidelines enforced for sure. But yeah, obviously management and... People internally within the organization have had their bad decisions, as does everybody, and whether it be the individual player's fault or the trainer's fault for not helping the players to learn how to better stay healthy, the injuries have been a problem. And you know what? Many times it's nobody's fault. It just happens. Injuries happen, especially in the game nowadays. The Yankees definitely have had great teams, but... Injuries have certainly hindered their progress. Injuries and certain decision-making here and there, you're right about that. And just having certain aspects of the team just not do what they need to do in certain given moments, especially at times in the playoffs. It's a mix of a lot of different things, but yeah, if nothing else... <laughs> God knows I've been dying to see another championship since 2009, too. Let's just hope and pray that this is finally the year. Finally. Just win the damn pennant and finish the job after that. Even if it's against a team like the Dodgers, as overwhelmingly strong as they are, do it. Fulfill your destiny. Alright, I'm gonna stop right there before I just go full-on Star Wars between the do it and then the fulfill your destiny. <laughs> All right, so with that being said, for now, that is all for the Instagram replies as well as the poll segment as a whole. Again, I want to thank all of you on Twitter, all of you on Instagram who voted, replied, and the whole nine yards. Each and every one of you are the absolute best, and I loved reading your replies. A lot of good replies this week. The general consensus seems to be the same amongst everybody, which is always a nice thing, and I had a great time, as I always do, exchanging thoughts with every single one of you. So thank you again. But to now end the show, as always, we are going to move on to some Yankees news. And plenty happened in the earlier part of the week, starting right away on Monday with a trade that caught me and a lot of people by surprise, as I said in the intro. Not only because of who the trade headlined and who it involved, but because of the two teams themselves that did the trade. And the trade that I speak of on Monday is the Adam Ottavino trade. And the Yankees traded... Adam Ottavino, and Yankee prospect Frank German to the Boston Red Sox. This was the first Yankees-Red Sox trade in seven years since 2014, the 2014 deadline, when the Yankees traded Kelly Johnson to Boston in exchange for Stephen Drew. <laughs> Stephen Drew as a Yankee. I'm not sure what was worse, having Stephen Drew as a Yankee or my senior prom the following year, but anyway... That was the last time the two teams traded with each other. Before that, 1998, the late 90s. The two have very rare dealings with each other. But the main purpose, particularly on the Yankees' behalf, was to open up the payroll and provide more flexibility. Because Adam Ottavino was expected to make around $9 million this coming season. For a player that, since a few weeks before 
the end of the 2019 season heading into the postseason and basically all the way through up until now has not done very much positive for the Yankees. So it was mainly to open up payroll, provide more flexibility financially, and give the Yankees chances to make moves elsewhere where they may still want or need to. And getting Adam Adovino's contract off the payroll certainly helps them in doing that. The Yankees even shipped over $850,000 over to the Red Sox along with it. So this was a trade that they were definitely looking to make to open up more possibilities financially by making themselves more financially flexible. And this move also at the time opened up that final spot for Tyon on the 40-man roster. At the time, I say, because of another move the Yankees made later in the week would kind of undo that. But the Yankees still have plenty of time to pay attention to that, as we know. As far as the Red Sox's perspective, although they're taking on payroll, the plus for them is that Ottavino now becomes one of the best pitchers in their pen, if not the best. Because, I mean, Matt Barnes is okay, but I think Ottavino's better than him. So the Sox, if Ottavino gets back to form... They get a solid bullpen arm, and the Yanks get more financial flexibility. So it seems like both teams get what they want. The Red Sox get some bullpen strengthening, which they are in dire need of. And the Yankees gave themselves more room to make some more moves if they need to or want to. As far as Ottavino himself, I do kind of feel bad for him because the guy was born and raised in Brooklyn. He grew up a big Yankee fan, and now he's being shipped off to Boston. (laughs) But that's the way it is. And Adam Ottavino did seem to be pretty under fire by the Yankees fan base, so I do actually want to take like a minute here just to actually, believe it or not, defend Adam Ottavino a little bit. And I'm going to acknowledge both the good and the bad, because there's plenty of both. But a lot of people make it seem like Adam Ottavino was always terrible on the Yankees, and that's just not true. As a matter of fact, when they got him in the 2018 offseason heading into 2019, Adam Ottavino was considered a very, very good reliever, as he was. And I loved the pickup. And it proved to be a very solid pickup throughout most of 2019. He had a great year. Up until basically the worst time to fall apart, so I'm not defending this, but up until just a couple of weeks prior to the 2019 playoffs. They used him a lot throughout 2019, so could it have been arm fatigue? I mean, we spoke about it when that started to happen to Adovino because Yapping Yankees was a thing by then. This show started in May or June of 2019, and we're talking about just a couple of weeks before the playoffs in 2019. So we were talking about that here on the show, whether it could be fatigue or what have you, but he just really started to slow down, and he was really tough to watch and rely on in those last two, maybe three weeks of the 2019 season. That would continue on into the playoffs of 2019, and that really continued on into this year too. So for most of 2019, for like 90% of it basically, he was fantastic. Just exactly that great arm that I thought the Yankees picked up. But then towards the end of the season, at the very end, into the playoffs, the worst time to fall apart, as I said, he just completely lost it. And he struggled to really ever get it back. Up until the point where in 2020, especially towards the end, The Yankees just really weren't using him much at all anymore. It was really evident that they just lost faith in him. So I do want Yankee fans to remember that there was a very good time of having Adam Adovino, quite a long time for that matter, but it didn't end up working out, and ultimately I do think it was time for him to move on, so I'm okay with the trade. I understand the Yankees wanting to open up payroll since they're so determined to stay under that threshold, the $210 million luxury tax threshold, but it was just really wild seeing the Yankees and the Red Sox mainly, the two of them 
doing dealings with each other. It so rarely happens. It's only happened like three or four times in the last like 35 or 40 years, if I'm not mistaken. So the Yankees get more flexibility financially, and the Red Sox add a solid arm to their pen that is if Adam Ottavino turns into his old self, and not the Ottavino that we've mostly seen since those last couple of weeks of the 2019 season. And hopefully, since I imagine we'll be seeing him quite a bit, considering he's in the division, hopefully he just doesn't choose to give the Yankees nightmares. <laughs> Let's hope that he doesn't do that. So that's what happened on Monday. Adam Ottavino and Yankees prospect Frank German to the Red Sox. On Tuesday, news would come down about Masahiro Tanaka's decision and where he decided to ultimately end up. And unfortunately for us Masahiro Tanaka fans, and I am one of them, my prediction of him going back to Japan ended up coming true, as many also anticipated. So Masahiro did end up agreeing on a contract to officially go back to play baseball in his home of Japan. And apparently, his contract was believed to be one year and worth just over $7.7 million or so in American dollars. In Japan, I'm pretty sure it was like 800 million yen or something like that. But then a news platform called Kyoto News came out on Thursday and said the contract is actually a two-year deal worth 900 million yen, which is about $8.6 million per year in American dollars, with additional incentives. So that would be like two years and 17.2 million, and all with the Rakuten Golden Eagles. So Masahiro Tanaka headed back to Japan, and... It's nothing I haven't said before, including especially last week when I was giving my Masahiro Tanaka update on last week's episode and gave my prediction on what would happen and another pat on the back would end up becoming true. But again, nothing I haven't said many times because I myself am a big Masahiro Tanaka fan. The guy is a big game performer, particularly in October prior to the bizarre 2020 season. I really don't count, especially the Cleveland start, because he came out in that first inning having to pitch in like a hurricane, so I don't really count that. The Tampa Bay start was another story, just not a good start. It happens. But prior to 2020, his postseason performances were stellar, and that's what really is etched into people's brains. That's really where you make a name for yourself in October, more than anything. And Tanaka was a big-time pitcher on the highly pressured big stage of postseason baseball in October. His work ethic is incredible. His durability, even dealing with a partially torn UCL, he was always there and giving it his all, even when the team had damn near everybody injured. He was also an absolute class act, and overall, I was just really, really happy with his time on the Yankees. And it was tough. It was very sad seeing how upset everybody was that he was leaving. A lot of people, including myself, expected it, so I wasn't surprised, but I was sad. But I didn't see him with anybody else in Major League Baseball, so it's not a surprise to me at all either that he didn't sign elsewhere in Major League Baseball. Because again, the guy, as I've said so many times, is just the definition of a Yankee. He is a Yankee. But it just wasn't meant to be in this offseason between his asking price and the kind of money the Yankees were willing to give him based on how much room they have financially. And in all fairness, I'm not sure Tanaka really deserved the money he was asking for in the first place. As a matter of fact, I'd probably say he doesn't. I found 15 to 20 million to be a bit much. And people might say, oh, but he only signed for 8.6 with Japan. Well, the money's different there, guys. Different currency, different taxes, blah, blah, blah. I don't have to explain it to you. I hope I don't have to. But it's a different story there. The contract he signed is like the biggest contract annually for a player, like in their history. So it's a big contract for them. So that's the deal. 
Tanaka is going back to Japan. And it was really sad seeing him posting goodbye messages on his social medias. His wife did the same. And it was sad. I really just wish they could have won in his time here. I was really just even reflecting on it when this was announced that Tanaka's been a Yankee since 2014. I was like, God, has it been that long? Just flashing back to like the 2013 offseason going into 2014, I remember the day he signed, watched the press conference and the whole thing, and I was really just looking back on it like, wow, that's seven freaking years ago? I tell you guys, the time really flies. It's nuts. I couldn't believe it. But he was a Yankee for seven years through and through and gave it his all. The guy was a Yankee. And who knows? Both between him apparently saying that he has unfinished business in America and this contract apparently only being two years, it's not impossible that he might make a return someday. Could Masahiro Tanaka's Yankee days not necessarily be over yet? I don't know. We're going to have to see what the future holds. But there was some indication that someday... Maybe when things are better financially and this virus hopefully is as behind us as possible, maybe Tanaka will make a return and the Yankees would be open to such things. Who knows? Food for thought, guys. Food for thought. And I wish Masa all the luck in the world. It's going to be weird not having him. But that is the official news on Masahiro Tanaka and his return to Japan. And that was first announced on Tuesday. The next day on Wednesday, it was announced. Just boom, boom, boom. One day after the other after the other. This was the day where the Yankees made a bullpen signing two days after Adam Adovino was traded. And yes, this was the move that I absolutely loved and still do love. But it was announced that the Yankees agreed to a deal with reliever Darren O'Day. A one-year, $2.5 million contract with an option for a second year. And of course, this is pending a physical, just like the Kluber and DJ deals did. And actually, now that I mention it, they passed their physicals and had their contracts become official on Wednesday too, now that I mention it. So I want to remind you that technically, just like the Kluber and DJ deals before their physicals passed, this deal with Darren O'Day isn't official yet. It is, but it isn't. You agree to the deal, but the physical still has to pass, obviously. You get it. Hopefully. But anyway, I gotta be honest. I really like this move. I think O'Day is going to be a fantastic addition to this bullpen. He's a submarine right-handed pitcher. He's a high strikeout guy. He's got a solid pickoff move. He's a veteran workhorse. In a lot of his years, he's appeared in give or take 70 games. So he is a workhorse for sure. He's 38 years old. He's been in the game a while and has pitched in both leagues. He was with the Braves for the last two. And he faced the Yankees for years in his time on the Orioles especially. And he was there for over a half a decade facing them quite frequently. So the rest of you Yankee fans out there should also remember him as I do. So yeah, he is a bit on the older side at age 38, but he is a really quality veteran pitcher, guys. And while he's had some injuries in years past, because who hasn't these days, he's still been very consistent and effective through the years. He finished with an ERA in the ones a few times in his career. In the ones! including last season, appearing in nearly a third of the games in the 60-game season, 19 to be exact. He finished with a 1-10 ERA. 2019, he had an ERA in the 1s too, 169. O'Day is really a solid pitcher. He doesn't throw extremely hard either, like many of the arms in the Yankees' pen do, which is nice if you ask me. He gets the job done. He has a lot throughout his career, and that's what matters. And, on top of that, if you want to look at it from a financial standpoint, you got him for about $7 million less than what Adam Adovino would have costed this year. And again, even though for 90% of the 2019 season, Adam Adovino was great for the Yankees. He was great. 
Again, fell apart when it really mattered, which is really bad, but for the most part, throughout the season, he was still fantastic, and he appeared in a lot of games. And although Darren O'Day didn't appear in nearly as many games as Ottavino did that year, the numbers are still there, and they are also for last year, which they were not for Adam Ottavino. So if Darren O'Day stays healthy like he did in 2020, you're getting, more or less, just as good of a pitcher, if not better, for that much less. And no one even said the Yankees were done for sure making bullpen moves either, because there's still a chance that they might make another cheap addition to the bullpen, cheap yet effective. So a workhorse, a veteran, 251 career ERA in his 13 years in the league, I very much approve of this Darren O'Day signing. I was a huge fan of this move when it was announced, and I still am. And I'm looking really forward to seeing this guy being a part of the bullpen. And again, for how cheap he signed for, the Yankees still have room to add maybe another potential bullpen arm. They have around $9 million more or less remaining on the payroll without crossing the luxury threshold. And by the way, if they do stay under that, which I think, as we've said, it's pretty evident that they want to, then it'll reset for next year, and then they can go nuts with spending again if they'd like. But as of right now, this was a great pickup. As for the luxury tax reset, that's down the road. Let's worry about the here and now. Um, I'm sorry, I just got a notification from Bleacher Report. Another report happening during my taping. <laughs> Another report. It doesn't have to do with the Yanks this time, though, like it did with Tyon last week, but... Alright, here it is. And what time is it? It's 3 o'clock, give or take? This comes out around 3 o'clock. This is when I'm taping right now, at this point in the recording, but... This is an update from Major League Baseball. I'm sorry that I just slowed down there before, but I literally just saw this report as I was talking, multitasking here. You guys know I check my phone throughout the recording, so... Just in case anything happens. But the league apparently proposed a season that would consist of 154 games with full pay for the players that would be delayed about one month starting at the end of April, and it would end a week later than normal, and this would include expanded playoffs, 14 teams. The players' union is considering it, and it also includes the universal DH, so a DH in the National League. Well, thanks, guys! <laughs> I guess if this ends up being accepted and enforced, then everything I spent time talking about with this in the intro to the show will have been a complete waste of time. <laughs> Can we get our ducks in a row already, please? That tomorrow's February? <sighs> so, that just came out. Just now at 3 o'clock p.m. <clears throat> so, whatever. The union will probably reject this anyway. <laughs> just figure it out already. All right. Any freaking way. <laughs> Lastly for today, like I really wanted to talk about to end, so yeah, that was that news. Just keep that in mind. I'm sure that they'll reject this, but whatever. It's unbelievable that tomorrow's February and they still don't even have a for sure plan that they want to go with. I mean, it's not unbelievable because it is Major League Baseball. Shouldn't be surprised given the way that they've handled things for quite some time now, but... <laughs> Ah, God. All right. Any freaking way. Lastly for today, really quick, I just wanted to touch on a couple of major takeaways from the Zoom conferences regarding Boone, Cashman, DJ, Kluber, and Tyon from a few days ago. I'll start with Boone, and particularly from him, it was just a lot of echoing confidence in the season, being ready to go, said some words regarding Tanaka going back to Japan and everything he's meant to this team. Both Cashman and DJ had the same feeling about Tanaka, of course. As we know, there's not much 
legitimate substance to get out of Boone, really, though. So that was that for him that's really worth mentioning. Cashman was asked about how he feels about the team. Is it complete or not? Does he have any other moves up his sleeve and things like that? And he more or less said that he doesn't think the team is ever really complete, but he likes their chances a lot and is confident in the moves they made. And I'd agree with that. I said it last week and I've said it many times today, how optimistic I am with these moves, despite the risk attached to some. But also, really quick, just yesterday this came out, and I didn't want to end the show without bringing this up, but Cashman made a statement regarding Gary Sanchez too, and it was... Brutal and blunt, to say the least. We know Cashman is usually always very much the latter, regardless of his opinion. Very blunt. But my god, did he torch Gary. I mean, it was pretty brutal. And I'm rooting as much as anybody for Gary to have a huge comeback season. You've heard me talk about that throughout this entire offseason, and all the work he's put in regarding winter ball, and he's also reported early already, so I'm rooting hard for him and appreciate the work ethic. And I've defended him a great deal in the past, but... I also tell it like it is, and still present all sides to all things as best as I can. And with that being said, you also remember me commenting a while back on Gary's displeasure on his benching mainly throughout the playoffs in 2020. And I too was blunt about how it simply needed to happen. No two ways about it. How much of a chore it was, as I put it so many times, but how much of a chore it was to watch Gary play in all aspects in 2020, shortened season or not. All aspects. And quite frankly, it was refreshing to hear the blunt and frankly harsh words from Cashman. But it needed to be said. I'm paraphrasing, of course, but he basically just said that it's a matter of self-awareness at that point. That he was horrible on both sides of the ball and lost his job at the most important time, October and whether he was told directly about the benching or not, and also his feelings on the matter, that he doesn't really care. <laughs> he absolutely torched him. So that was wild. Cashman getting a bit vocal, to put it mildly. So what he said before in his Zoom conferences, that was that. And then this statement about Gary Sanchez surfaced yesterday. And I definitely wanted to bring that up. But otherwise, with the others, as far as they're concerned, DJ also had a Zoom conference. He reiterated how much he wanted to be back, talking about the team this year, all that good stuff. Everybody seems confident, as expected. As far as the new acquisitions, Corey Kluber and Jameson Tyon, Kluber's main takeaway is that he assured that he's 100% healthy, feeling great and he's ready to go, which only amps me up even more. I have to assume that's what Eric Cressy told the Yanks, too, when they were considering signing him, as I said last week. He worked directly with Kluber in his rehab. I just pray he has an awesome comeback this year, because, as I said, both he and Tyon working out and having nice seasons, this would be a really fun rotation to watch. And speaking of Tyon, he just seems so thrilled to be here. <laughs> it's awesome. He seems so happy. Both he and Kluber just seem really set to get going. And boy, am I ever too. I cannot wait anymore for this damn season already. I need baseball back. For the love of God, hurry the hell up already. <laughs> it is inching closer though, guys. February is tomorrow. And for me and all others who also live in New York, that's not necessarily a good thing. Because February is greeting us with a nice big middle finger in the form of a snowstorm coming in tonight and lasting all throughout tomorrow and into Tuesday, leaving me at peak misery like the snow and cold always do. But the upside? Again, February means that baseball is getting closer. And we'll see, as the end of the offseason nears, what other moves, if any, the Yanks have in store, with the limited amount of payroll flexibility they have remaining. That damn payroll, man. <laughs>
<laughs> but as for now, that is all for episode 81 of Yapping Yankees today, guys. Let's give one last shout out to Grunt Talks MLB, Reckless Airwaves, and Ball 9. Ball 9 brings you some of the best baseball content out there. Baseball stories old and new, articles, roundtable discussions, suggested baseball podcasts like Yapping Yankees, and more. Visit Ball 9's website, ball9.com, and follow them on all social medias at Ball 9, and know what you don't know. Next, we have Reckless Airwaves Radio. Get your latest uncensored, unlimited dish on everything sports. Interviews, featured podcasts, including Yapping Yankees, and much more. Anything goes on Reckless Airwaves Radio. Give them a follow across all social medias at Reckless Airwave, and check out their website, RecklessAirwaves.com. And our final shout-out goes to Grunt Talks MLB. Visit their website, grunttalksmlb.com, to see all of their baseball content and where they feature Yapping Yankees. Also, follow the mastermind behind the website. His name is Darren, and you can find him on Twitter, at YankeeReport28, and follow them across all social medias at GruntTalksMLB. Special thanks to all of our friends at GruntTalksMLB, Reckless Airwaves, and Ball9 for always helping to spread the word about yapping Yankees. And also, guys, don't forget to follow me on all social media so you can keep up on the latest having to do with me personally, along with the Yankees and Yapping Yankees announcements, content, and Twitter and Instagram social media segments every Saturday. Follow my Facebook fan page at Mike Scudero NY. Follow me on Twitter at Mike Scudero and on Instagram at Mike Scuds 97. And I would also really appreciate it, guys, if you took the time to hit that subscribe button on the Yapping Yankees YouTube channel and also subscribe and always listen to Yapping Yankees on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And while you're at it, why not listen to the past Yapping Yankees episodes that you've missed? Episodes 34 up to episode 81 today are available on YouTube, and all Yapping Yankees episodes, including today's, are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Once again, thank you 3,000 for listening to me yap today, guys. I am Mike Scudero, and I will talk to you next Sunday in the new month, February 7th, when I come at you with episode 82 of Yapping Yankees. Until then, you know the drill. Hang in there, be patient, please stay safe, look out for your loved ones, and if you live in the New York area like me, please be careful with the snow tomorrow. There's supposed to be a decent amount of it, to say the least. So just be mindful, be cautious. I know, guys, it sucks. I know. The winter sucks, the cold sucks, the snow sucks. It all sucks. (laughs) All right, guys, regardless, enjoy your week, my friends, and take care. (laughs) 